Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind. My name is Robert Lamb. And I'm Julie Douglas. And in our last episode that we recorded, we talked about watch stoppers, this idea that some people can magically stop watches just by wearing them. That they can walk under a street lamp and they'll set it off with their electromagnetic field. Well, in this episode, we're exploring a similar uh, misnomer, this idea that some unique individuals are natural lightning rods. Although I'm going to guess there are probably less people who think they are human lightning rods yes. than watch stoppers. Yeah, because it's one of those things like, uh, strike me once with lightning, shame on you. Strike me seven times. Eh, well, maybe maybe there's something weird going on with me. It's true, and we'll get into that. Uh, there's this idea that you know that has been kicked around. Like, could it be genetic? Could could lightning strikes be attracted to certain people? I'm, I'm guessing you guys know the answer to that, but we'll discuss it in a bit more. Um, but let's talk about the anatomy of a bolt of lightning, because this is really in and of itself a very cool thing. Yes, lightning is very cool. As anyone who's ever seen it can uh, can certainly attest. Uh, and uh, and I would also want to call back to our episode from Stuff to Blow Your Kids' Mind where we talked about lightning. Mm-hmm. But essentially, you have uh, this uh, this generated electrical charge, and it needs to get to the Earth. It does. And think think about what's going on weather-wise. You have downdrafts and updrafts, and they're all colliding. And, uh, up dogs, everything. Up, 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 now you're just putting yoga in it. <laughs> uh, they're colliding with unstable air and these particles collide that, you know, it might be particles of ice or rain mm-hmm. and they cause electrical charges to separate. So if you're thinking about this in terms of the cloud, um, if you've got the cloud in mind, think about this positive charges shooting high and then the negative charges hanging low within the cloud. And then the electrical imbalance kind of hangs in the air and intensifies within the cloud and then between the cloud and the ground. So most of the lightning that you see is cloud to cloud. It's just kind of playing with each other. But then sometimes it makes that jump to the ground. Again, because this is this, this upper portion of the storm cloud being is, is positive and the lower portion is negative. Now, mm-hmm. the exact uh, mechanics of this are, are sort of poorly understood, but we do know that much and we know that... Um, as that charge increases, the field becomes more and more intense. So intense, this is really interesting, that the electrons at the Earth's surface are repelled deeper into the Earth by the strong negative charge at the lower portion of the cloud. So that's when you get to, to this cloud-to-ground lightning uh, because you've got the repulsion of electrons causing the Earth's surface to acquire a strong positive charge. This is quite a dance going on here in the atmosphere. Uh, and this is when you see the, the cloud to the ground electricity happen and that strong electrical charge really serving as a conductive path and serving, and then in the air serving as an insulator. Right. Now, when, uh, when lightning is traveling to the earth, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, it tends to be very sensible about things. It tends to be very economic. And we can see that reflected in our basic understanding of what not to do during a lightning storm. Like, what do they tell you not to do? Don't stand under a tall tree. Why? Because a tall tree is more likely to be hit by lightning. Don't play golf right. uh, during a lightning storm. In other words, don't stand up in a, in a, in a wide open area while raising a piece of metal over your head because you're susceptible to lightning strike. Right. Why? Because this flash of light, it heats the air around it to nearly 50,000 degrees Fahrenheit, about 20, almost 28,000 degrees Celsius. And that is hotter than the surface of the sun. 
And uh, the scorching heat really forces the air to expand in an explosion of thunder. That is why you don't want to wave around a golf club. So, as, yeah, as you said, that as a charge nears the ground, something like a tall tree uh, will send positive uh, charges surging up it. And that's why it connects so well with something really tall like a tree or a house, a telephone pole. And then, of course, people, yes. right? This is where it all comes down to. Cows also. Cows, uh, yeah. Frequently struck by lightning. But with uh, with humans, uh, yes, humans do get struck by lightning. And uh, in many cases, uh, there's not a lot of opportunity to test the theory that, that this individual is more susceptible to lightning because one good bolt can and will kill you in many cases. Yeah, although a lot of people do survive it. Yeah, we'll a lot, a lot a of survivors, more. but one, one will do it. It, in the right circumstances. Um, in case you're wondering what's going on in the United States in terms of statistics, lightning researchers estimate that 22 million lightning flashes strike the ground each year. And, of course, the majority of that is in Florida, which is <laughs> central Florida, uh, has been called uh, Lightning Alley. And they have, on average, 12 flashes of lightning per square kilometer mm-hmm. a year. This is a lot. And July is the most common month to get struck uh, between the hours of noon to 6 p.m. So what's going on here? Is Florida just uh, cursed by God? Well, that's one interpretation. <laughs> but. No, no, it's all about weather, right? Yeah. Uh, they have tons of it, and they have tons of moisture and warmth, and they're, you know, you've got the ocean there, and lo and behold, you have sort of the perfect storm, as you would say. Yeah, and you have a lot of people out golfing, boating, etc. So you have a lot of lightning, a lot of people putting themselves in a position to be hit by lightning. Yeah. Put those two together. It's natural what's going to occur. And now, so obviously we've talked about the tall objects. We've talked about power lines. Or actually, we haven't talked about power lines, but power lines, metal, all of these things you would want to stay away from. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people think that includes cars, but that is, in fact, the opposite. A car can actually protect you. And I wanted to mention this just because we're kind of going through and debunking a couple of things. Um, yes, cars, metal, but what it does is it acts as a sort of Faraday cage for you. And when I talk about a Faraday cage, I'm talking about something that is conducting the electrons over the surface, mm-hmm. but keeping the, the inside neutral. So that's what a car is basically doing. It has nothing to do with rubber tires or you wearing rubber soles. Um, it's just basically... Crux, yes. Uh, it's just basically that you are protected because of these electrons moving along the surface of the car and not on you. And uh, it's also worth pointing out when we talk about human lightning rods. Uh, of course, a lightning rod, in essence, is a is a rod that is erected on, say, a building mm-hmm. with the understanding that, hey, we have a tall building in the middle of nowhere. Lightning is going to strike it. So I'm going to have this, uh, this uh, rod here in place so that uh, the lightning will strike this rod, and that's grounded in such a way that it doesn't impact the rest of the building. Right, and that's really important. When I when I talk about Faraday or um, the, the Faraday cage or the car, you're talking about the path of it going into the ground and away from it. So the car, obviously, the path of, of lightning electricity is running along the wa- water or down the tires and into the ground. Yeah, a bolt of lightning sensible dude it wants to get where it's going if you uh, if you offer an alternate uh, route that's a little um, more sensible it will take that instead so what have we learned so far right here uh, in terms of being at the wrong place at the wrong time try not to visit florida yes. in the month of july and then decide to picnic on a golf course yes under a cypress tree yeah uh while entertaining your picnic guests uh by twirling a baton let's yes. say 
Uh, no, no golfing on a boat in the, in the middle of a storm either. That's always a, a no-no. Yeah, and and try to stay away from a phone booth too, because we're talking about lightning hitting the ground and traveling to that telephone booth and up the wires. And if you happen to be in there holding the telephone, that is not a, a good situation. Yeah, definitely worth thinking about. The more and more that we end up uh, burying our power lines and whatnot, it's easy to, to to maybe see that booth and think, oh, well, that's a place of safety, but not so. Another thing, mm-hmm. for for mighty Thor's sake. Try not to be of the male persuasion. Yeah. Now, this is uh, this is pretty interesting uh, as well. And I believe this is making the rounds uh, very recently. Uh, the idea here is that um, 80% uh, of uh, individuals hit by lightning are men. So that's a pretty high percentage. Uh, when, you know, essentially we're, ta- I mean, we're talking about half of the, 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 the species. If we were all getting hit equally, it would be about 50. But, no, it's 80. Mm-hmm. So what are we to make of that? That lightning hates men. That lightning hates men. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, okay, yeah. So you could say, all right. Well, this is the the act of a of a, of a wrathful God, mm-hmm. and uh, knows that the, the men are worse, and therefore des- are deserving of more lightning. Um, there are some other crazier theories. The one you ran across was uh, had to do with uh, proteins. Uh, no minerals. Minerals. Yes. I, I'll, I, w- I did not go too into much this iron in too your much, diet. but it was yeah. something like the accumulation of minerals would make men more conductive. I I abandoned this <laughs> article, by the way, uh, but yeah, there are a lot of different ideas. Or you know, some people would say, "Oh, well, men tend to be taller, so maybe they're more likely to be hit by lightning." But well, actually, there's some information out there that says try to make yourself as small as possible mm-hmm. if you are out in a thunderstorm and you are the tallest thing out there. I thought that was more like you want to be submissive. To an angry god, so you just sort of you slump too. a little bit. Because if you're proud and like you know you're doing like chest out, you're just mm-hmm. asking for it. You've... Thor's going to take you yeah. on. Uh, but no, I mean if you have an umbrella above your head, which is an entirely different uh, can of worms there with an umbrella. But really anything that makes yourself taller. There's this idea too that men w- participate more in outdoor sports like fishing and golfing, and therefore they are. Uh, increasing their exposure times to storms. And then there's an idea that men are taking more risks in Mm -hmm. these sorts of situations. They're out there hunting down the food Uh while the woman is back cooking it in the kitchen. With the golf club? With the golf club. Well, Well, maybe if you're in the mafia. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I don't know. I mean, I see that... I see that there's a logic here that, you know, men are going to get struck more than women because, you know, let's say that you work on power lines, um... You know, most likely with the data we have available, you're probably mm-hmm. a man. Yeah. And then also you get into the I2 that, you know, again, the men are more, more of a risk taker, but also a little stupider in that they don't want to be seen as a wimp. So it's like, ah, well, I guess it's uh, there's a lightning storm moving in. Maybe we should go home and stop playing golf. Do you want to be that guy or do you want to be the guy that says, ah, well, heck with that. That's not it. God's not going to stop this golf game. And then you keep going. So the idea, too, is that men are more likely to be that foolhardy regarding uh their their risk of lightning strike. Well, I think a good example of work-related injuries and just a good example of someone being struck repeatedly and actually thinking that Thor might be after him is uh, a guy by the name of Roy Cleveland Sullivan. And I think we've actually mentioned him before. Uh, he was a forest ranger at the Shenandoah National Park in Virginia, and he was struck seven times, once while in a lookout tower in 1942, once while driving, while walking across his front yard, this was in 1970. Oh. Like that one was just, you know, that, it's different if you're at the top of a tower, but dude was just like getting his mail or something. Exactly. Standing in a ranger station on patrol in the park, checking a campground, and then fishing. So after the fourth one, he is to have said to you have gotten very paranoid and begin to think that some 
force was after him, and I cannot blame him. Yeah, because again, we tend to see, uh, you know, we tend to apply meaning to patterns, and uh, the crazier the pattern, then well, the, the crazier the meaning we end up coming up with for it. And you know, once you're on lightning hit five or six, I can certainly understand it. Also, there's a there's a biological toll <laughs> to be taken. Yeah. Here. So I mean, it it can uh, lightning strikes can cause a host of uh, of physical uh, ailments, and some of them are neurological in nature. Yeah, actually, let's take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. All right, we're back, and uh, we're going to talk about a little something called coronopathy, and this is a pathology of lightning. And a handful of specialists actually study the effects of lightning on living things. Again, there's there's probably not a lot of subjects that uh, these specialists can uh, look at because thankfully lightning strikes are, are fairly rare. Yeah, like I don't I don't know that we have a there's a coronopathy uh, clinic in my neighborhood. No, no, no. Well, you know, if if you live in a super fancy neighborhood, maybe that's so, when you get your so. own. Or I, maybe in Florida, it's more more likely. <laughs> but you know, I was looking at the map of showing where lightning strikes are are likely to occur, and Georgia's actually uh, it was in the black on the on the map. Uh, blogger and science journalist Kyle Hill says that people being bags of electrolytes are better transmitters of electrical current than most ground is. And many are injured by ground current. Uh, each year's lightning surges up one leg that is closer to the strike and then down the one that's further away. Oh. Yeah. And that's just something to keep in mind because, again, we're talking uh, about lightning striking people and the reason it does what it does and the sort of effects that we have afterward. Uh, Dr. Elizabeth Gourbier of the Electricité de France, Service d'Etoiles, Médiclas, please don't write in, I know it's an awful pronunciation, in France says that 70% of lightning survivors experience residual effects most commonly affecting the brain and the neuropsychiatric vision and hearing sections, and that these effects can actually develop slowly and become apparent only much later. Yeah, and plus you're throwing in stuff like just you know post-traumatic stress syndrome as well. I mean, just the, mm-hmm. the, the experience of being struck by lightning is, is pretty intense. Well, it is forever changing, and it's not something that we think about all the time because, again, it's rare. But uh, you tend to think of people being struck by lightning and having these incredible abilities afterward because we have a couple examples of this. Oh, um, yes. Uh, we've, we've talked about before the individual yeah. who suddenly had a profound interest in piano music. Right, and, and, and someone who had never played the piano before became a composer and, and, and actually a wonderful pianist. Um, he was actually in a phone booth when he was struck by lightning. Oh, yes. By the way. Um, but really, the, the most common symptoms that happen um, physically, you will suffer some burns, but not a lot. Um, you can get burns through the sweat that's vaporized by the lightning. Um, mentally, the person may suffer from short-term memory loss, have difficulty, difficulty mentally storing new information and accessing old information. They get tired very easily because their mental processes are being taxed. Um, they're not really used to sort of running at the same speed that they were before. Their personality can change, become very irritable. And they often suffer irreparable nerve damage. Um, and this is something that, again, is not we don't think of with lightning strikes, but... This is stuff that will affect them in various ways depending on how they were struck. And they often have chronic headaches, 
some of which are really debilitating and uh, super intense. Yeah, we're looking at some photos of uh, what we call uh, Lichtenberg figures, and uh, you see these uh, you see these on, for instance, cattle sometimes that mm-hmm. have been struck by lightning, and uh, in this one particular instance, uh, on a human being who had been struck. And it's this crazy kind of like tree-like pattern. Like if you didn't know any better, you'd look at it and you'd think it was some sort of a like body art, like uh, like yeah. Some sort of, I was going to uh, say it looks intentional, tribal kind of a thing. Yeah, because it's sort of like a tree branching out. And there is a, a beauty to it. But yeah. I think that one of the things about the Lichtenberg figures is it shows you, it, it is evidence of how life-altering being struck by lightning would be or, or having that sort of current run through your body. That's the sort of imprint that it, it can make sometimes. Yeah, it's like you are, you are marked by it. Yeah. In yeah. a very deep and profound sense. And, of course, you have individuals who claim, and this is even... <laughs> Less likely, but uh, you have individuals who claim that they have a um, genetic susceptibility to lightning strikes, that it runs in the family. For instance, there was recently um, an episode of uh, On Being, an interview with uh, author uh, Kevin Kling, and uh, Kling argued that, or not, he didn't really seriously argue, but he he claimed that there, that lightning strikes run in his family. Uh, again, all the factors that go into it, we you can ask questions like, well, does uh, your family tend to live in Florida? Does your family tend to climb things uh, a lot? Are you a very outdoorsy family? Are you fishermen? You know, there are all these other factors that go into it uh, that really it has nothing to do with a cursed family lineage or uh, something in your genes that makes you uh, uh, especially susceptible to a lightning strike. But, you know, I was thinking about the ancestral memories episode that we talked about sometimes that you take on your family's history and you repeat it. Yeah. And if this becomes part of your family's mythology... Then you begin to, especially if, if you have an uncle or aunt or someone in the family that is marked like this with this Lichtenberg figure, you can easily see how someone might begin to think this is, you know, something that is a curse on their family and not necessarily looking at it like, well, you know, we, we work out in the outdoors quite a bit and we live in Florida or, you know, various other factors that would make the likelihood even greater for this family to be struck. Yeah, there's a great character in uh, Cormac McCarthy's All the Pretty Horses, a character named Blevins. And I think this is reflected in the film version as well, but um, he uh, he claims to have this history of lightning strikes. And there's this, this great bit where he's explaining it. He says, it runs in my family. My granddaddy was killed in a mine bucket in West Virginia. It run down in the hole uh, 180 feet to get him. Couldn't even wait for him to get up to the top. They had to wet down the bucket uh, to cool it before they could get him out of it. Him and two other men. It fried him like bacon. My daddy's older brother was blowed out of a derrick in the Baston Field in the year 1904. Cable rig with a wood derrick, but the lightning got him anyways, and him not 19 years old. Great uncle on my mother's side, mother's side, I said, got killed on a horse, and it never singed a hair on that horse, and it killed him graveyard dead. They had to cut out, cut his belt off of him where it welded the buckle shut, and I got a cousin ain't but four years older than me. It was struck down in his own yard coming from the barn, and it paralyzed him all down one side and melted the fillings in his teeth and soldered his jaw shut. So, as persuasive, right? It's persuasive, yeah. Um, all right, so you think that's persuasive, but then all you have to do as we ever have to do when we try to get outside of ourselves is to look to space, yes. of course, because there's something about space and lightning going on that makes Florida look like weak sauce, okay? Scientists have actually observed lightning on Mars and Saturn before, right? Yes. We know this. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is nuts is that it can occur in the middle of space, and it has done so to a force equaling a trillion lightning bolts. Okay, we're talking about electrical surge, a trillion lightning bolts, uh, this current was discovered near Galaxy 3C303, and it's thought to be the 
byproduct of a nearby massive black hole that is emitting huge amounts of magnetic energy tude. It's the biggest burst of electric current ever detected in the universe. That is just crazy because <laughs> you have not only do you have a black hole in this scenario, <laughs> right. but you have the most enormous lightning bolt ever imagined occurring as well. I mean, just amazing. Like, I mean, what can you even say about that? That's drama. Yeah, that is that is some drama. <laughs> All right, well, there you go. All right, well, um, let's call the robot over and do some quick listener mail. All right, this, one's a, this one comes from a slightly older episode, but uh, a listener, uh, Brenton, writes in and says, G'day, Robert and Julie. Perhaps that means this is an Australian listener. Uh, we shall find out. Uh, love your podcast. I'm slowly working my way through them and have just listened to the Firewalking podcast. You, uh, your mention of your sister putting her tongue on the car cigarette lighter made me smile, as did a similar thing when I was a kid. Uh, just use my finger 